This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Sem condições a que te passei Just one night stand Avô tudo bagaite como assim One night stand This is One Night Stand Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand What up Night Nation? On today's show we recap the 4119 Second half, blowout of SMU. Preview the space game this Thursday night versus Temple. We got a little meanwhile to the West. And as always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbags. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF. Welcome the Mustangs of SMU into the bounce house. And Isaiah Bowser plowed into the end zone from one yard out for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to UCF Jaguar for guessing correctly and winning a $25 gift card to First Watch. The defense bent but didn't break, and the Knights went on a 38-3 second-half scoring run to pick up their first conference win. Knights 41, SMU 19. Should have been 13. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really the tale of two halves. We'll get to that garbage touchdown at the end but you know 13 to 10 at halftime twitter's blowing up i'm like ah you know this is the same team that really didn't play that well against georgia tech um you know we're gonna i think you texted me you're like we're gonna go seven and six and then all of a sudden we come out at halftime and outscore them you know 31 to 3 in the second half not counting that bs touchdown at the end what are your overall thoughts? Dude, I, I really don't know. I mean, you look at the score and you're like, oh, wow, this is a trouncing of, of SMU, a team that pretty handily beat us last year in Dallas. So, I mean, coming into the game, he thought we definitely had a shot since we were, you know, t- touchdown favorites at home. And uh, I don't know, man. Like, just take <laughs> – I sent out a tweet that's like, all caps. I do not understand this team because I don't think anyone does. It's like, who are we? Are we a running team? Are we a passing team? Is JRP like still trying to throw the deep ball? Is he doing like more shorter passes? We wanted him to run and he ended up running a lot in the Georgia Tech game. And then the SMU game, it seems like he went back to like trying to throw, which it's hard for me to understand because there's a couple throws, you know, that he made during the game. You're like, oh, wow, like this is the JRP. You John, know, Johnny Dimes. Johnny Dimes, man. That I, one to O'Keefe I, I in said, the corner. I said, then that, the one, I said that in the first half, and then there were some not-so-good ones. Yeah, and, and then the one threading the needle to Javon Baker on on the sideline. It's like, that's what I, that, that's what I was trying to say, like, at the beginning of the year, is that, you know, there's going to be some hiccups and some things that he needed to work through just because he is still learning the position. And uh, I said it in the beginning of the sh- of the season that the you know ceiling is just too high to keep him off the field and to not try to work through these things so we could really see some of the magic that you know he brings to this team. I agree. So here's my like big kind of big picture takeaway is. 
was the second half a fluke or is this a preview of things to come? And, you know, you mentioned the SMU game last year. It was only 21 to 14. We're down seven at halftime at SMU. And then the final score ended up being like 55 to 21 or something. They just blew us out. And the roles were kind of reversed this time. But I don't know, you know. This could either be, and this is what makes being a UCF fan so much fun. This could be a preview of the rest of the season, or it could just be some anomaly that gets us excited that's going to have us hyped up for every game thinking we can blow people out and just lead to disappointment. And I really think it's going to be, you know, the first thing I said, but um, we're not really going to know. You know, we play Temple next week. We'll talk about them a little bit later, but I mean... Honestly, walking away from this, if you ask me from, you know, the beginning of the game, it, if we were going to win, you know, how how would it be and what would I think? And I, I wouldn't have expected anything close to this. I mean, we played awesome on both sides of the ball. JRP looked like a real quarterback, a true dual threat quarterback in the second half. And hopefully we continue this. You know, you got to remember... Every receiver and JRP, they're brand new into the system. So you figure it was going to take a couple games for them to kind of get used to everything. And hopefully that's what we saw in the second half. But don't you think it's it's very strange that this game was almost an exact copy of the FAU game? We came out with a very soft defense. They scored, I mean, we... Almost like... They scored uh, right away. I, I, I know we had the turnover, but like their first real drive, they scored. Right, and I and I kind of alluded to it being like T. Will was like a boxer, like a bully boxer that kind of was just like, "Yo, hit me, hit me!" Like and letting both. the other guy get a few punches in. Like FAU at the beginning of the game, they were running all over us. SMU, we were playing like 15 yards off of the receivers. That one guy had eight catches in the first quarter. Like it was ridiculous, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was like oh, the bell rung, and we came out swinging. At FAU, the same thing. And the, look at the final scores. They're almost exactly the same. Almost identical, and it was the bend but don't break defense. What's crazy is that they had more first downs, and they only had, like, our total offense was identical. They had eight less yards. So if you look at, like, the team stats, you wouldn't think it would be such a lopsided score. I mean, you know, again, forgetting the garbage time touchdown, the final score should have been 41-13. to 13 in real meaningful minutes. And if you look at the team stats, it's almost even. I mean, yes, they had two turnovers, but time of possession is just a couple minutes off and total yards are almost identical, which is crazy. I don't know if that's good or bad. Is red zone defense, is that like a luck stat? You know, I know you talk about turnover <laughs> I don't think luck. it is. I mean, you look at the, the defense tightening up. Um, you look at the two turnovers for SMU. Going for it on fourth down three, uh, five times, missing it three. That so there's big. technically three other turnovers. So five and then total. the safety, I count a safety as a turnover. That, so you're talking about you gave gave us the ball, you know, six times. That's uh, that's the difference. That's why the nothing. yards are the same. Yep. Not even being able to change the, you know, flip the field or anything. That's yeah. where that's where the game was won and lost, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I agree. So. We can talk about this all we want, but we're never really going to know until we see um, we see them on the field a couple more times, whether this was you know just the start of something big or if it was just flukes with the turnovers or whatever. But all in all, I couldn't be more happy about the result of this game. I you know, 
I think it's the first time in a while that we've seen Twitter all like kind of in unison being happy because, you know, after Georgia Tech, I mean, you would have thought we lost the game with how negative everything was and kind of deserved. I mean, we didn't, and obviously we didn't have a uh, podcast after that, but we didn't play that well against that team. There was not, you know, it was sloppy. We couldn't throw the ball. We won, but I mean, there weren't there weren't many positives. And after this game, there there was all good stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, all just very head scratching. Like <laughs> I'm going over. So when I watch the game, you know, I, I type a whole bunch of stuff, and then at the end, I'm like, well, did I really think that? Well, am I sure that I wanted to say that? And this is all just for my head. But one of the thi- one of the things that I said, JRP, still wildly inaccurate. And then you look at the box score, and it's 20 of 29, 69%, is second-best percentage completion. I'm like, well, why did I write that? There's just a couple throws that you see that they're, like, way, way off that just stick in your head for some reason. There are some really bad ones. Not that the good ones don't, but I'm just like, to the naked eye, that's how it feels, you know? And these are just some of the hiccups that we're going to have to work through to kind of earn those magic plays, or yeah, I call them. And you, you know, know? Tw- twenty and twenty-nine. I mean, that's like sixty-seven percent. That's better than a season average. We can't ask for more than that. Uh, another thing too. So, Javon Baker. I tweeted this during the game. He reminds me of Debo Samuel. His ability for yards after catch and to stop and start on a dime are absolutely insane. He is so talented. At the same time, he always has. I've noticed this. He has like a signature drop on like a really important pass. He's had one, I think, for the last three games, yeah. where it's just like, dope. But I mean, he obviously more than makes up for it. Um, but he's a stud, and, and we're lucky to have him. Ryan O'Keefe, totally back, two touchdowns. That was good. Um, I don't what know. What do you think about Baker maybe getting him the ball behind the line of scrimmage? You know, they at least two plays a game give O'Keefe like a pop pass, one that he turned into a 58-yard touchdown on uh, this past game. But, you know, some kind of reverse something to just get the ball in his hands because if he's good with yards after the catch, you know, why couldn't he break something, you know, starting from around the line of scrimmage or a little bit behind? I agree. And just like I feel like every time I throw him a slant, he's wide open too. And that's like, I feel like that's an easy throw for JRP. I don't know. But again, these guys are learning to mesh together on this offense. Gus is learning these players' strengths. And I think, hopefully, we're just going to continue to improve on the good stuff and, you know, cut out the negative stuff as we progress through the season. So what do you think about the defense? I thought, you know, Ben not break. You know, it was pretty crazy that we held SMU to 19 points. Should have been 13. But, uh, you know, that's their lowest point total this year by far. And Dude, this was a good SMU team. So UCF is second in the conference in total offense behind SMU. They're the number one. So I don't know. I mean, obviously the turnovers have a lot to do with it, but this is a really good team, and we legit held them to 13 points. They did, however, have a ton of very, very unlucky drops. But I mean, so did we. That too. Yeah. On some um, penalties, weren't really a huge issue. I don't feel like we ever got bailed out, or they got bailed out. 
Um, no. I think the penalties actually were quite low Wednesday night game. Refs trying to get home early <laughs> <laughs> is always what I'm thinking. But, um, yeah, so the defense, I thought bed not break played exceptionally well. Tremont Morris Brash had a great game, big safety and a sack. Um, love me a safety. And we got to talk about the special teams. Colton Boomer. Boom. Seven of seven now, I think, on the year. Hit his second 40-plus yarder. Just incredible. I mean, this kid, we are locked in for the next four or five years with this guy. It's great. Even, even Mitch McCarthy coming in. Awesome job with the punting. I think Osteen actually got in and punted one. Um, I think So I think they're using Osteen for, like, shorter punts. Oh, like a little coffin corner? Yeah. Hmm. Dual punter. A little, little dual threat. dual threat punt action. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, so that's cool. Did you see the uh, the boomer? He's got his own Rock'em socks out. Check them out. Promo code UCF Problems, all one word, for, I think, 10% off your order. Uh, ah, I see this now on the box score. Osteen, two punts, both inside the 20. Dude. Like that. The dual threat like punter. That. I like that they're finding a way to use him. You know, maybe we'll get Oparski in the mix. I don't know. No. <laughs> Extra points only. Yeah, but uh, no. The, I mean, sp- <laughs> special teams great. You know, all positives to look at. Who knows? Maybe it was an anomaly, but they're giving us a lot of hope. And we'll talk about Temple a little bit later. That's always been an easy blowout win for the most part. Um, so I have a feeling we're really, really, really going to be riding high. I think we've got. ECU after that on the road, and then the big game, Cincy at home uh, just before Halloween weekend. But, yeah, I mean, you know, we're undefeated in the conference. Three-way tie for first. We control our own destiny. And we just want to be – conference championship is always the goal, and we've got a chance at that right now. So I'm I'm definitely excited. This this is a game we needed, you know. Louisville sucked, but, you know, in essence, it really doesn't count. Unless you're going to run the table, that game didn't count. All right, one quick thing before we move on to the next one. I know a ton of questions um, are in everyone's mind about the run game. So we saw Isaiah Bowser three touchdowns in the game, but he just didn't seem as effective as last year yet again. Um, Four yards per carry, yeah. We did see R.J. Harvey come in, a nice little breakout game. But then we almost saw no Johnny Richardson. So it's like, what do we make of the running back room here? So normally Richardson and Bowser have kind of been evenly split with the carries. The only thing I can think of is Richardson might have been a little dinged up. That's the only thing that makes sense because there's no reason to go away from him. His yards per carry were way higher than Bowser's. They're both effective in different ways, but I don't see any reason to to go away from him unless he was dinged up with an injury. I don't know. And then, you know, you mentioned RJ Harvey. He did have a bunch of awesome runs, but those were kind of when the game was out of hand. I'd like to see him in the mix a little bit more when, um, you know, when the game's closer. But what what are your thoughts on the running back situation? You know, I think uh, you might be right. Johnny might have been a little dinged up. Uh, I like what I see out of RJ Harvey. And, you know, Bowser is still a huge threat, but I think he 
should be moving more towards like a goal line roll, uh, like a third down back goal line roll, third and two. About, um, uh, you know, something like that. Wild it, Bowser it just, or whatever. We don't, yeah. It, you know, he does run the Wild Bowser very effectively, I, I think. Um, it just, it seems like RJ Harvey just has more pop. You know, when he gets the ball, there's more cuts. Um, it's just a different style of running. And he's still, it is a very different style. All three of them are di- very different style runners. Um, Harvey's I'd like-, like to see Johnny get more involved in the pass game. But then you also have, you know, Xavier Townsend coming in in the mix, who's pretty dangerous in the pass game as well. So it's like the offense is pretty explosive at times um, when everything's clicking. So it's like hard to feed everybody at the same time. But when it is clicking, it, you know, it's on. But when it's not, it, it just seems like, Oof. you know, JRP is a very rhythm kind of quarterback. Like he's either in it or we're three and out with like two yards. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, people were talking about the play calling in the first half, had a couple trick plays, but there was a weird one with like a ball spot and like some timing got messed up. I don't know. I mean, you know, not everything's going to always be perfect. That's the thing. It's not always going to be sunshine and daisies or whatever they say. And we got it together in the second half. Everything clicked. Everyone was on the same page. And I just want to continue that into the space game this week. Harvey's like a mix between Johnny Rockets and Bowser. Like he's oh, got, yeah, for sure. He's got like the kind of like big bulldozer ability, but also like the kind of quickness, not as much as either of them, but like a good mix in between. And uh, I'd like to, I'd hope to start a podcast saying like, we've got a three headed monster. Like each of them had two touchdowns or something against Cincinnati. That'd be fun. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, you know, take this all with a grain of salt too, because you know, this running back just had what college running back just had three touchdowns in a game. And we're saying like, Oh, he's, he's not that great. You no, know? we're not saying that. So, it's just, you know, everyone, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses. That's all. Yeah, I just, I, I'm still sticking to my guns and saying that he's not 100% healthy. He just doesn't look like the same back. I agree. You know, he doesn't have that same pop like he did last year. I don't really know what's going on. Maybe, you know, if he had to sit out a game, this one would be it. This one's our easiest game of the season left. Ice them up. Uh, you know, and then that's kind of strange. And we'll talk about Temple a little bit too. But it's weird because Gus is like, Gus is not hypo. You know what I'm saying? Like Gus, I feel like just does, he he plays to win the game, but he doesn't play to like blow a team out. Where like hypo would still be like throwing a deep up 40, you know? Yeah, they're they're just t- two totally different coaches, and we'll talk a- about hypo in a little bit too. I want to talk about Tennessee in a little bit. Uh, I think there's some questions about that too. But uh, no, I agree. Two completely different coaching styles, and you know you can nitpick every little thing, but at the end of the day, I'm really happy with where we're at with Gus. He's recruiting the hell out of these guys from you know the Orlando area. I think we've got more four stars in this next class than we did in like the last six years or something like that. Heading in the Big 12, that's important. And, you know, obviously people are always going to complain about play calling. Like, there's going to be play calls that look really dumb. Not everything's going to work. But at the end of the day, it's just what matters is that a majority of them do, um, you know, end up in positive yards. And 
I think this game was a good example of that. I don't know if we adjusted or what, but you know, it was uh, it was a tale of two halves for sure. All right, let's move on. Um, we'll do a little meanwhile to the West here. USF almost beating Cincinnati in Cincinnati. Final score: Bearcats twenty eight, Bulls twenty four. Um, they had the ball with a chance to win, down four in Cincy territory. They threw some weird screen pass thing and. That was it. But, I mean, the fact that they stuck with Cincy all game after getting blown out, I think, by, was it ECU the week before? Does USF only show up for, like, ranked opponents? Or (laughs) did you watch this game? They had the lead for most of the game. And, again, near the end of the game, I was like, all right, how are they going to screw it up this time? And (laughs) what do you know? Dude, this is the same team that lost to Louisville 41-3. to They're just like I, it makes. They're no gonna sense. catch some. They're gonna catch somebody sleeping. I, I said this at the beginning of the year. God, let's let's hope not it's us. not us. <laughs> because plenty of times, like when they used to suck, like way back when, we were like, uh, dude, twenty thirteen, oh no, dude, the twenty thirteen game, we were like we thirty point it. favorites and almost lost. Unbelievable. How Jeff Scott still has a job, I have well, no idea. Because, I mean, he almost beat Cincinnati and UF. And, I mean, you know, 2-0 moral victories for USF. I, dude, I don't know, but all I know is this team is dangerous. They can be dangerously bad or just dangerous. And I have a feeling that the latter is the team that's going to show up um, to Raymond James Stadium on now announced not Black Friday, but Saturday after Thanksgiving. So I will be in attendance because my wedding is on that Friday. So... See, dude, he was helping you out. Yeah, I guess. I'm telling you, this team, like, they have nothing to lose. Nothing. I would just go for it on fourth down every time. Onside kick every time. Like, what are you going to lose? That's, nothing. That's the scary, dude. The scariest opponent is the one that's got nothing to lose, yes, man. Yes, exactly. Oh, I'm nervous already about it. All right, let's move on then. Um, how about that Memphis-Houston game? Memphis up. 26 to 7 in the fourth quarter and then was outscored 26 to 6 by Houston. So Memphis was also up 32-19, so up 13 with 4 minutes left kicking off and ended up losing that game. Um, yeah, that one I, I don't understand. We really needed to root for Memphis in that one help out our strength of schedule since we don't play Houston this year. Yep. And uh Houston has a pretty easy rest of the way. But, but they've got yeah, that conference know. loss already. So, like I said earlier, we control our, our own destiny. That game had major Memphis 2020, like, COVID year vibes. I think that was one of the games where we blew a two-score lead with, like, four minutes left. There was, like, eight during the Hypo era in his last two years. Um, I don't know. I think everyone, everyone, like, turned that game off pretty much. It was a blowout for, you know, the first – 36 minutes or whatever and then I think with like 10 minutes left in the fourth Houston just woke up and Memphis fell asleep I don't know conference play is awesome though man we're gonna see a lot of these crazy games and uh you know it it just makes it exciting heading heading into the rest of the year because you see our future opponents battle against each other try and figure out how it's gonna happen against us none of it actually matters but I mean, it matters, but none of it's actually going to affect our games because, like, everything we think we know doesn't end up happening. But that's what makes it fun. And, uh, you know, you got to remember, 
this is uh this is the last dance for the American Conference. So we're not going to play a lot of these teams again and uh I think there's going to be a lot of chaos going forward if the first couple conference games have any um meaning into the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure. Uh dude, I'm just ready for, you know, uh it's like the American is weird this year. Anyone can beat anyone. Tulane's looking good. East Carolina's had a few good games. There's really no team, you know, that that is absolute garbage other than no. USF. And, Even Navy ended up beating Tulsa and there's, pretty handily. And there's no one that's like the outright number one team. I mean, I feel like for the last few years, it's always been either us or Cincy. Like the clear number one. I think there's going to be chaos, and I, I freaking love chaos. So, you know, we're, ju- we're just getting started. This is our first conference game. All right, so that's it for American Talk. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the week. No picks last week since we were off, but I do want to update you from wait the dude, week before. Undefeated last week. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Still looking for my first. But uh, so the two weeks ago update, 0 and 2 on my picks. I had UMass over Temple. They lost 28 to nothing. And Tennessee and Florida, a lame backdoor touchdown at the end by Florida, brings my record to 3 and 5 on the year. But I have a plan to get Mm. back to 500. And it's going to be this week. So, first. We have to talk about my number one pick of the week. It is the UCF Knights at home, minus 23 against Temple. Yes, I am giving the blessing again the second time this season. Pretty rare when it happens twice in a year, but you have a chance to get your house back uh, (laughs) from the Louisville game. If you had flood insurance. Right now, my power ranks say... UCF should be a 31.5-point favorite. I tweet these out every single Sunday morning. The projected betting lines, you would have known to jump on that 23 number pretty quickly. I feel like it's going to be hammered. Um, Probably going to end up at the 24-25, but we picked it at 23. So 8.5 points worth of value. I see absolutely no way that there will be a temple back door due to our second half adjustments. Even the backups will eat. Listen, UCF surprisingly has scored 40 or more in three out of five games this season. Last season, post Dylan Gabriel, we did that only two times out of 11 games. So the offense seems to, you know, from a, just from a point standpoint and Gus mentality, kind of wanting to like run teams out of the water this year. Last year at Temple, we won 49-7, which was on the road. Lost the shutout at the very end, but you know, 49-7, pretty good for a road score for us. Temple, 0 for the last seven against the spread on away games as a as an underdog. They actually haven't scored more than 14 points versus a team not named UMass in 12 straight games. 12 straight games, the most they scored is 14. That's not good. Last two games outscored 54 to three, or their last two away games outscored 54 to three. 
Again, no backdoor possibility. UCF minus 23. I'm looking for like a 38-3 final score with an easy cover and win. All right, so here's some stats for you. UCF has won five straight versus Temple. Four of those five were by three or more touchdowns. Three of those five were by five or more touchdowns. An average of a 36-point win. And I know some of these are old teams, but it definitely matters. We always whoop Temple. I am with you on this bet. Let's go. Oh, also, haven't beat an FBS school or conference opponent in over a year. <laughs> I mean, it seems too good to be true, but oh, UCF man. at home, uh, you know, even though it's a Thursday game, it's a space game, so people will still be showing out. There's a SpaceX thing at like 1130 also. Yeah, there's a SpaceX launch, so we need to be throwing a lot so the clock stops, uh, make the game last a little longer. But Temple's offense is just, oh, so bad. So bad. And, uh, you know, they're just not going to be able to score. And I can't really see us winning, like, I don't know, 21-3 or something. Like, no, it's gonna be we a are lot going of to score. We are. And I, I'm with you. Yeah, 23, not enough. Again, my official score prediction, 38-3, win back your house. I apologize to the Louisville game. Take UCF. I got 48-8. Again, 7-1 and one when picking UCF is still pretty damn good. So. Plus, if you think you were 7-0 and picking UCF in five years, you lost the last one, so that means you got to win How the next six or seven. In a row? Exactly, impossible. It's, literally, it's math. So I'm with <laughs> you. All right, what what else? We oh, touchdown Raiders, fourteen nothing Monday Night Football versus the Chiefs. All right, what else do you got um, for your picks? Probably the game of the week outside of ours, Tennessee <sighs> plus. Let's go seven and a half. Let's go, dude. We're on the same page with our picks <laughs> against Alabama. Look, Alabama's had some really close calls recently. Still not sure if Bryce Young will be back. The other guy, Jalen Milrow, not doing terrible, but for a guy just coming in, like not knowing that he was going to play uh, to go against Tennessee, kind of tough. Bryce Young, even if he does play, won't be 100%. Look, Tennessee has been waiting for this game for like, 20 plus years for for like a big time atmosphere like this yep the other thing is like i look at so i look at it like some odd things when i look at games i look at the ticket prices that gives you like the hype factor really dude the, the, Wait, the cheapest no, no, get in hold on no pun intended yeah <laughs> the, the cheapest get in price is 350 dollars. now tennessee has like a top 10 uh dude, it's like one hundred nine thousand. Yeah, it, it's insane. So for $350, you could probably get the highest of high nosebleed seats. And, and people are still, you know, hyped about this game. <laughs> so, I don't know. The, a game like this, the hook is what gets me, though. The seven and a half. Maybe Bama Good. wins by a touchdown late. I don't know, but seven and a half, too much. Hendon Hooker, quarterback Tennessee. This could be the Heisman. Uh, he could be the Heisman front runner if he wins this game. This will be his Heisman moment or whatever. 
Still hasn't thrown a pick on the season, by the way. Very impressive. I got him at 40-1, uh, to one, by the way. Just saying. You know, I, I, I just see it happening. Like, everyone hates Alabama outside of Alabama. You know, this is the 3-30 game, I think. Yep. Probably going to be, you know, sunsetting, a little dark near the end of the game. And, you know, the game's over. Everyone rushes the field, a whole thing of orange and... Uh, you know, you, you forgot, even though I don't really like Tennessee, I don't really like Heupel, but you know, I, I could just see, I play in my mind, like how these things come out, like, Oh, you know, Alabama's going to go in and win. And no, it just seems like the better story seems like the more, you know, thing that would happen more. Um, I don't know. I, I just, you think it's a probable outcome move. Let me hit yeah. you with some other stuff. College game day is coming back to Knoxville. They were just there two weeks ago. Let me tell you something else. I'm going to be there in person, and I already bet a bunch on Tennessee. So I am with you 100%. I'm ready to run through a wall. I'm storming the field. We're taking down the goalposts. Tennessee all day. And like you said, you know, honestly, the whole thing with hype, I think this is one of the rare, like, mutual breakup things that's actually going to work for both parties. Hype is killing it at Tennessee. They have the number one scoring offense in the nation. Like you said, Hooker, playing lights out, no interceptions. They're on fire. They destroyed, I mean, LSU, you forget about that opening game, but they won four in a row since then against some good teams. That was a good LSU team, and they blew them out in Death Valley last weekend. Alabama, I mean, I know they didn't have Bryce Young, so it's not fair to say, but they have not looked that good. I think a touchdown's way too much. Honestly, before the line came out, I was expecting about a field goal. I saw it came out at 7 hammered the money line. I'm ready to go. Uh, second college game day experience. I've got an orange UCF Nike polo ready to go just so I'm like, you know, still wearing the colors but still representing the school. Um, I can't wait. And dude, when you, so we don't, for anyone listening, we don't go over our picks or really anything we're going to talk about before the show. So obviously I had some notes about Temple because I was going to say hammer that line and then move said it and then when you said Tennessee I was just like dude the the, the synergy is awesome man because I already bet on that too um so I'm with you 100% on this and uh I can't wait to go up to Knoxville I heard it's an amazing experience and you know I I, I booked this trip months ago and the fact that college game day is going to be there uh I don't know <laughs> it dude it's just written so that means Bama probably wins by like four touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> uh you never know but anyway that's what makes betting fun yeah uh, no so to mean, recap the yeah so recap the picks do you have something else to say no i thought you had another one so i was gonna say what oh, else you got no all right i've been just sticking with two 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 is it I, I don't need to lose any more money a little two for moo all right <laughs> what do we got to recap the picks, we take it, we are taking the ucf knights minus 23 against temple and Tennessee plus seven and a half against Alabama. Let's get, get that, that money. money. All right, last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer everyone's questions. Thank you guys all for your submissions. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, just saw a tweet from the UCF Equipment official account. The space uniforms are going to be announced tomorrow, so... Probably as you're listening to this, we'll know the space uniforms. I'm thinking all black, 
even black numbers with like a light blue outline. I think they've hinted at that in some graphics, but knowing how um, like I guess forward thinking and kind of tricky to solve can be, <laughs> it'll probably be like the complete opposite because they always throw us for a, for a spin. All right. First question from King your world. Considering our defense is eighth in the nation with a strong conference opening, do you see UCF football squeezing into the top 25 rankings next week? I think next week is a little early. If we go on the road and beat East Carolina, just because we're not receiving any votes right now. I thought I, I expected so, us to have at least like, you know, a handful, but you know, if we destroy Temple 49-3, it's not really going to come on the radar. I think we're going to have to have a convincing win against East Carolina to even be close to in the receiving votes. So Yeah, and that'll, that'll probably put us 6-1. Yeah. All right, this next one is from Jordan Cox. Based on this weekend's Cincy-USF game, what are your way-too-early predictions for the war on I-4? Oof. It's going to be a bloodbath, man. I mean, obviously. You You're know, thinking like a 2020, like uh, 700 yards of offense for both teams or something? No, I'm thinking like a, like a, like a 49, 48, like a la 2017 type shootout type game. And I hope I'm wrong. I'm just saying like, I, I don't know. This, US, this USF team makes no sense. Our defense is so good, but... You know, you can't play perfect every game, and every time they're bad, they play us, like, better than when they're good. And I just know it's going to be a tough one. I don't know. But I, that's all I can predict. I know we're going to win, but I think it's going to be I, – I definitely know it's going to be, like, a three-touchdown spread, and it's going to end up being, like, a one-score game at the end with USF with the ball, with the chance to win. <laughs> what do you Fumbling think? Fumbling it away. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm the same way. I I don't care if they're, you know, one in ten or one in eleven going into the game. Don't matter. Still scared. <laughs> yep. All right. Next questions from Golden Knight Two. He asks, "Are you still worried about JRP and the offensive line's lack of consistency slash effectiveness, or do they finally have an identity?" I mean, I'm always I'm a worry word, dude. I, I will always worry about JRP. I will always worry about the offensive line. I, dude, I flip flop. I go back and forth. The roller coaster, up, down, all around. Like <laughs> it, it's just you hold your breath every time a snap because you have no freaking idea what's gonna happen. <laughs> reverse, double reverse, uh, amazing like Tom Brady pass, a uh, freaking Carson Wentz like kick <laughs> six. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I, it literally anything could happen. I'm with you, but I think that, you know, like anything else, like the rest of the team, like we talked about earlier, I think every game these guys are going to continue to mesh and play together better. And I think, you know, Temple's going to be a, a good example of that. I think the offensive line is going to have a great game against, you know, kind of a lesser opponent. And I think they're just going to keep getting better game after game. And I, I think the same can be said for the rest of the offense. Next one is from Chris. Since this is the 100th game in the bounce house, what's one of your favorite slash special or best memory game that you have attended? Uh, 
feel like this goes back to our Fab Five days when we just used to like list list like pretty you much can the only same pick games. One. Yeah, and, and you can only pick one. All different orders. Um, I mean, there's three to come to mind, but I'll just name one, and and you know, obviously give you the floor. But it's got to be that Memphis game, the 2017 Conference Championship. You oh, know. I was gonna take that one. Yeah, you shouldn't have read yeah. the question. You know, um, <laughs> double overtime. I mean, the game was back and forth. We could have lost it. Memphis should have lost it. Everyone should have lost it. And then, you know, double overtime, Trey Neal the pick. And I just remember the feeling when he got that interception, knowing that the Peach Bowl was on the line and how how important that was going to be for us as a program. You know, Scott Frost going from – or the program going from you know zero and twelve, Scott Frost comes in six and seven. Now we're twelve and zero with the chance to go thirteen and zero in the Peach Bowl. That moment when that happened, I think that's. I mean, I can't say it's the best because there's so many good ones, but that's that's definitely up there. Uh, what about you, Moo? Sorry for stealing your thunder. All right, so the one A, I'm probably gonna have to go. Obviously, nothing can compare to that one, but the one A for me would probably have to be the 2007 Conference USA title game. Uh, for me, you know, that was my our freshman year. We still like we didn't really know how high UCF football was going to ascend into the ranks, dude. Like, and just that season was so special. Like being able to be there for Kevin Smith's senior year and how electric this guy. I mean, you want to talk about some of the UCF greats of uh, last couple of years, like when Adrian Killens would get the ball or, you know, Otis would get the ball. Like, you, you just knew something magic was going to happen. And Kevin Smith got the ball, like, even though he handed it to him like 40 freaking times in a game, like, you just knew he was gone. And a um, couple, you know, great interceptions in that game. The Joe Burnett punt return, obviously, the – the play that's known for that game, but us just winning the conference championship at, at such a young age, like, and being able to go to the Liberty bowl and, and have a chance to play an sec team like Mississippi state. It was so big at the time. Yeah. Our, yeah. Our, I mean, our, that it was our second like bowl was, game. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was just like laying the foundation for what we have today. And it was just, it was a really special, uh, special game for me it's kind of cool because like we had never really thought about rushing the field <laughs> throughout the year but there was some talk on campus like oh if we win we're gonna rush the field it's like it's really far down there we didn't <laughs> to, like, realize that until like yeah it was time to go <laughs> but it was pretty funny like I, I did get front row for that for that game and like yeah we, we had were to, all st- we had to line up at the gates like two hours before the game yeah, we were all at the end of the game. We were all standing like right up against the fence, and like there's like a hundred police officers just chilling there, like waiting for somebody. <laughs> and surprisingly, a couple people jumped. I guess just to say they did it. Yeah, and, and they were caught by like the four officers, officers. Like immediately tackled tackle guys, you guys. It was really uh, kind of comical. But uh, so, anyway, no, you know, it, it would be cool to rush the field, obviously, because, you know, we've done it a couple of times for basketball. I, I think it'd be cool if we were able to, you know, rush the field for um, for football. But I understand, you know, safety and all that. But... Fuck safety. All the big SEC schools do it. We just can't because it's too high up. Yeah. But no, I, I'm with anyway. you. So, you know, people forget about that season. 
you were talking about how special Kevin Smith was. He was 61 yards away from the single-season college rushing record held by Barry Sanders. Barry freaking Sanders. He was 61 yards away. That put him at number two at the time. He's now number three behind Melvin Gordon. Um, You're right. It's tough for people now to understand, but at the time, that was by far the greatest accomplishment in UCF history, and it was amazing to be there and be a part of it. So... I um that that definitely was a special moment. Obviously, it got trumped by others later, but at the time, it, it was incredible to be a part of. One other really funny thing, just because I pulled up Kevin Smith stats, Kevin Smith stats, um, he had more rushing touchdowns and receiving or receptions that year. It's like we just didn't throw the ball to running backs. It wasn't a thing. <laughs> Twenty nine rushing touchdowns, twenty four receptions. Uh, Next question from Dolly Drama. Hope y'all are well in Southwest Florida. Do we get to see the TC12 method in action for substantial fourth quarter minutes Thursday night? Bonus. Halloween party circuit starts this weekend. What was your best costume ever? All right, let's start for the first one. All right, a lot to unpack there from Dolly Drama. First, uh, talk real quick about the hurricane. Yes, we're both safe. Um, I had all things considered pretty minimal damage to my home. Uh, it all can be fixed, but anyway, super scary, uh, ended up, um, evacuating to Fort Lauderdale for a couple days. Very luckily, uh, when we came back, had power pretty quick. Um, my parents still have no power. Um, you know, some damage to their home going to be okay, but dude, it's been like 13 freaking days and still nothing. So, it's nuts. I mean, I, I feel extremely fortunate, though. I know a lot of people lost, like, everything. Um, it, it's just, it's one of the wildest storms. And I've lived here my whole life. This is one of the wildest storms I've ever seen. It's crazy. I mean, we've lived through so many hurricanes here in southwest Florida. And even Irma, I mean, the wind gusts were insane. I live probably, I don't know, eight miles from the water pretty far inland and Irma had a ton of wind damage. We're pretty much unscathed, very thankful with this storm, but anyone that was, you know, anywhere close to the water, I mean, it's a complete loss. If you you get a foot of water in your house, it's a complete loss. I have friends that had 10 feet of water. I mean, they would have died if they stayed in their place and no one really thinks that's thinks that's ever going to happen. Um but you know, luckily I'm okay. Moo's okay. All our friends are okay. Um, the, the damage is insane, though. And uh, I hate to yeah. be like a downer, I mean, I mean, but... the area, that's the thing that, that kills me, man, is that, you know, I, I've lived here my whole life besides the four years I was in Orlando. And Five. It The area is going to take years, dude, years to recover from how much devastation there's been. And, uh, you know, I got, I got no words, man. It's just... It's crazy. It's crazy seeing the images. And I mean, you know, the storm hit Wednesday. I didn't have cell service or anything until Friday. I didn't even know how bad it was. And just seeing those images on the news when I finally, you know, got TV back and everything was just, it was crazy. But one thing I will say, um, I remember when Katrina hit New Orleans and that place was still like a fishbowl full of water like a month later because it's under sea level. I remember looking at it and I was like, this place will never recover. My sister lives there. 
And I remember visiting a year later and the amount they had actually recovered, like when everyone, you know, bands together to help everyone else out and, you know, you get government support and everything like that. It's crazy how, how much faster things can rebuild. And, uh, you know, it, it obviously sucks, but I, it's not going to be as bad long term as I, as I think, um, even even though it really stinks now. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I don't know, but recovery and rebuild, things are looking up. Yeah. Um, All right. Second part of the question. <laughs> what was your TC best? 12. Was your... Yes. Of oh, course yeah. he's going to get, of course he's going to get into the game, but I think he's got an open playbook. I, I really don't think Gus is going to be like, all right, Tommy, get in there and, uh, you know, just uh, run the ball a couple times and hand off. No, that... we want to see what the future is. Exactly. That was a horrible Gus impression. I was going to say, is that a George impression? (laughs) (laughs) We want to see, you know, what you're made of, dude. Because honestly, like, after this year, is JRP going to stay? I don't know. It's like everyone basically has an extra year. I have no idea his eligibility. I think he has another year. I I think everyone has another year. This is the future. He knows that this is his team. Right it after this year, maybe next. But what about, like, what about Mikey? Mikey's still in the mix, but yeah, I, I'm yeah. just saying. Like, I think Tommy was brought in because he was, he's he, Gus's recruit. He's yep. Gus's recruit, and he knows that he's going to be the guy. I'm with you there, uh, and I think the little bit of action he's seen too. You know, we've seen him run the ball a little bit. We've seen him pass a couple times, like a little fumble. I, I'm kind of excited. I hope I hope we have the game in hand enough to be able to let him play for almost a whole quarter. I mean, that'd be great. It, it really would. So we can get like real time game experience before we actually need him. Need him instead of. I mean, all of our last quarterbacks have just been thrown into the fire for the most part. If you think about it, Mikey was thrown in. Um, obviously, JRP had an off season, but he had no real game experience. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. D- Dylan, Did even Dylan got thrown. Dylan in was thrown in. Wimbush. Wimbush was thrown in. Mac was thrown in. KZ was thrown in. Well, I guess everyone was kind of thrown in. I don't really know where I'm going with this. No one had like I mean, backup. You have ex- to enter the field of play. No, but like no one had like some no like real backup experience against like maybe an FCS school and then ended up starting the next year. I guess is what my point is. Yeah, I mean Vedral was on. No, Vedral was well on his way. Dude, he started against Nebraska last this week. I'm. Wait, how is someone that played in the Peach Bowl a starting quarterback still? Um. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Se- second part of the question. Uh, best Halloween oh, costume or third best Halloween costume. Go. I'm not like, I mean, I like Halloween. I'm not a big dress up guy. Um, honestly, I can't even remember a Halloween costume. Well, I guess at one time where I like dressed up as a French maid. I was going to say. Or whatever. I, I no, would... I was a school. No, 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 no. That was Chris. I was a, like a, a 50s school girl or something. I think, yeah, Chris was a maid. You were a school girl. And I was like a, like a pussycat woman. Uh, <laughs> ha- Halloween 07 at PC 621. That was, uh, that was our apartment. That may have been the year. last time I dressed up 15 years ago. That can't be right. Maybe it is. I don't know. I think I'm going to be Buzz Lightyear this year. And, uh, 
I think my daughter, we haven't bought it yet, but I don't know what I'm going to dress my daughter up. Either a pumpkin or like the alien from Toy Story, and then I can do, be Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, do do the alien. Do the whole Toy Story <laughs> thing. Um, I've had some good Halloween costumes. I'm going to go with the Aaron Hernandez, though. When I did the uh, fake tattoo sleeves and the handcuffs and the orange pants, and it was like his famous, like when he was testifying thing. Um, at least I was. How many years have you been a football player? Ooh. So there's always something funny to be with a football player. Um, you know, I did the kneeling thing with the Kaepernick. That was funny. Um, Tom Brady. Odell. I was Odell because I wanted to cut my hair. I did Tom Blade. Tom Brady with the. Uh, I walked around with a deflated football. That was funny. Um, I don't know what I'm going to be this year though. But uh, yeah, definitely some good Halloween costumes all right next one is from danny 926 after seeing tennessee this year do you miss josh heupel i think you do so i I talked about this earlier like i said this is one of the rare like mutual breakups where both parties win it just wasn't working for heupel here and i'm not just saying that as a fan like you know stuff i don't think he was getting along well with the locker room he was blowing these leads late just a lot of stuff wasn't working out and obviously it's worked out good for him so far. I think it's worked out great for us so far. And I've always said this, I wish them all the best. And I mean, that's half the reason I'm going up to Tennessee this weekend. Uh, you know, it's, it's root for those guys. So I think, uh, I think it was, I don't miss him. And I think it was a good mutual breakup. What do you think, Mo? Yeah, I don't miss him either. I thought he was toxic for UCF. Just some of the things coming out about him. When we met him at the Peach Bowl, was not a fan. You know, From the you, beginning. You tend to, like, figure out people, like, the first 10 seconds you meet him and just, nah. He was just like, duh. All right. Yeah, pretty bland. Next one's from Brian Peterson. He asks, glad you're all right. What team left on our current schedule worries you the most and why? <sighs> I mean, every game worries me, but probably Tulane just because it's on the road. Um, we're terrible in road games. Don't care who the team is. And, uh, yeah, Tulane's been looking pretty good. Yeah. I got to go with USF. I mean, you know, for all the reasons we talked about earlier, but him asking that question reminds me, I know you had mentioned earlier in the season, there's one game that we're going to be an underdog in and it wasn't Cincinnati. Is it Tulane from your earlier projections? What was that one team? You know what I'm talking about? It was it was Tulane, I believe. Huh. East Car- There's a couple. East Carolina, we were trending being an underdog. Now we're back to uh, having a being a favorite. So it all depends. Week changes week by week. Next question is from Ethan. Will Temple score a touchdown? And if the offense doesn't score on every drive, will t- Twitter riot? Uh, I think Temple will score a touchdown, and I mean, as I think, as long as the offense shows flashes of what they did in the second half versus SMU, we're gonna be okay. But uh, I mean, I I was gonna say two three and outs, but I think you know one three and out, you know JP Gilbert's gonna be having a conniption probably. Um, you gotta look at the big picture. I mean, you you can't be perfect. You know, you get three chances. Um, you can't be perfect every time. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've scored 14 or less in their last 12 games against FBS opponents. Like, 
if we give up a touchdown, it's not the end of the world. All that matters is that damn spread. Minus 23, take it. I agree. Um, Oh, Matty Wright with the extra point in the Monday night game uh, versus the Raiders. Hallelujah. All right, last question is from Dan Cundiff. Where is Mar? Mark Anthony Richards. Uh, your guess buried is buried on the je- death chart, my friend. I, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know, maybe he's hurt. I got no idea. But thank you, Dan, uh, longtime listener. Thank you for your question, and I, I'm sorry we don't have a better answer. <laughs> I mean, he could be. I I don't know. There, there's we don't like know. A we're, stable we're, of running backs. We're just fa- we're just fans. <laughs> Bailamos. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. So. I had first watch the other day. They got this new barbacoa bowl thing that's really good. Um, just saying. I've had that. Yeah. It's got a little, uh, like a little pico. Oh, it's good, man. It's good. And it's like 600 calories. You can't beat it. Not really watching those nowadays, but eh. we'll, we'll, we'll accept that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but anyway, uh, awesome. If you guys, I'm telling you, if you're listening and you're not on Twitter and you're not entering this first watch first score thing we're giving away a 25 dollars gift card every single week even to the ties like if bowser scores a two-yard touchdown i think five people guessed it one week and we gave a gift card to all five so 25 dollars gift card up for grabs every single week we're the only ucf podcast to give away something free every single week remember that folks hey yep we're also like it's like our f- third show of the year, but whatever. <laughs> nah, it's all good. I mean, hey, we love the other podcasts too. They're all good people, and we all bring something different to the table. So we appreciate y'all listening for sure. Um, remember last week how we said we had a way to wrap stuff up? Still nothing. I no, I forgot what it. <laughs> we came up with something, but I forgot what it was. Yeah, I did too. All right. Well, hey, space game Thursday night. Look out for the jerseys. They're going to be awesome. Look out for me on college game day. If not, storm in the field. I'll be bringing down the goalposts. Just saying. Yeah. Do you have a sign or anything? Got to have a sign. Dude, they just announced this yesterday, and I, I got to fly. I don't know. Uh, I have no idea what's going on. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm prepared. Like I said, dude, when I booked this, it was just it was going to be the Bama game. It wasn't going to be the college game day game. Both teams weren't supposed to be undefeated. I mean, I thought Tennessee was good, but. I never planned it expecting this. I planned it six months ago. It was just, I want to, you know, one of my bucket list things is just to go to all the SEC schools for a game. This is going to be one of them. Um, had no idea what I was getting into, and I, I still don't think I do, but uh, it's definitely going to be a good time. Good thing is, though, we get the game, you know, knocked out Thursday night, so I don't have to worry about that. I can solely focus on the Tennessee game. I also took the money line, by the way, like plus 280, just saying. Maybe want to sprinkle a little bit. A little money line parlay with UCF minus twenty three. What's that going to pay? I don't know, but probably the, like plus four hundred, plus five hundred, maybe. No, it's hold on. Let's look it up while we got uh, UCF money line minus thirty five hundred. No, 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 no. I know, I know. I'm just saying it's funny. Um, About the house, Tennessee plus two thirty parlayed. With UCF, hundred pays five thirty. So like, all right. So yeah, I said plus five hundred. 
Lock it in, so baby. So 530. I'll lock it in. Lock it in. Uh, all right, you got anything else? Nope, that's it. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. We love you guys. Go Knights. Charge on. Domain Nation. Domain Nation.